last two, three breaks. Down the middle of the field, it is caught. Loose football. Who's got it? Down at the one-yard line. How about that? That is the ultimate kibosh. <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast. It is the Week 12 Wednesday show. I'm Matthew Friedman, the Editor-in-Chief of Fantasy Labs. If you want to recap what happened in Week 11, listen to the Monday show with Ian Harditz and Chris Raybon. They also break down the Thanksgiving slate on that episode. I normally do the Friday show with Chris, but this week, because of the holiday, we are consolidating the Wednesday and Friday episodes, which means that joining Peter Jennings and Sean Corner and me is none other than Chris Raybon. You can follow all three of them in the Action Network app at CSURAM88, the underscore odds maker, and Chris Raybon. Peter is a Fantasy Labs co-founder and two-time DFS world champion. Sean is the Action Network director of predictive analytics and the number one in-season fantasy pros ranker for each of the past three seasons. And Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network and a co-host of All Take That Bets on ESPN+. Gentlemen, we have some uh, important football matters to discuss, but first, let's talk about what really matters in life, and that is pie. It is Thanksgiving. And I want to know what your go-to pie is. Uh, And if you say that you don't like pie, I'm going to kick you off of the show. Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Do you have a go-to pie? And I guess it doesn't need to be like a Thanksgiving pie. It could just be your go-to pie in general. I'm going apple first, but on Thanksgiving, I like like all the orange pies, like the pumpkin pie, the sweet potato pie, pecan pie. Oh my God, I can't even, I love all pie. Yeah, pecan pie is really good too. Uh, I Yeah, I like that thrown in there. Uh, Sean, you were shaking your head no disapprovingly at, at the I, apple pie mention. I just, I fade apple pie. I get it. Just, I, I had a bad experience one time, got sick, but uh, I go chalk uh, pumpkin pie all the way. Pete, are you a pie guy? Do you have any opinions on this? Yeah, I'm a massive pie guy and uh, actually had some pie, my favorite pie last night. Key lime pie is hands down my favorite, although on Thanksgiving, I always have pumpkin pie. So on Thanksgiving, the indulgence is at an all-time high and I'm either eating in, you know, the the joy of victory or more likely, you know, basically uh, eating my sorrows away with a lot of pie after the Thanksgiving slate. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Thanksgiving is going to be awesome. Pete, like you, I also uh, indulged in pie last night. It was wonderful. The only pie that I will not allow in my house is mincemeat pie. Don't don't bring that in here. But uh, other than that, never met a pie I didn't like. Okay. In this episode, we're going to talk about our main slate chalk locks, fades, and undervalued plays and stacks. We're going to make some picks and prop bets. Do us a favor. As you are listening to the show, please rate and review the Action Network NFL podcast on iTunes. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. And for all of our written content, go to the Action Network in Fantasy Labs. You can get our weekly fantasy rankings at actionnetwork.com slash fantasy. Guys, let's talk about the main slate. And uh, let's start looking at the players we might want to roster in cash. Right now, some of the guys standing out uh, at the quarterback position at the top of our models, Andrew Luck, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton. Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Do any of those guys catch your eye or right now are you looking elsewhere? I like Luck a lot. I think that, you know, he's kind of continued to prove himself over and over and over. They got a, a sky high implied total around sitting around 30. I think you got to go Luck or Newton here. Uh, Jameis, like these Bucks quarterbacks, man, it's like you get them on the wrong week and they get benched. You get them on the right week and they throw for 500 yards. But I, I think I'd rather leave that for tournaments. Yeah, uh, I definitely hear you there. Sean, 
Do you have any thoughts on cash game quarterbacks? Then also, uh, congratulations on really nailing us last week with the the Jameis Winston prop on uh, passes attempted (laughs) versus uh, uh, Fitzpatrick interceptions. That was a brilliant prop, I have to say. Yeah, I was worried you guys would take uh, the Winston attempts. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to take Winston, but I think for cash games – uh, I'm going to have to roll with luck. Um, he's just not ex- expensive enough to fade. Um, and he's thrown for three or more touchdown passes in seven straight games. As Raybaugh mentioned, they, I think they have the highest team total on the main slate. So he just seems like the obvious uh, cash game play. But yeah, it, Winston GBPs or Ryan Fitzpatrick, it, it seems like if you've played the backup quarterback for the Buccaneers uh, this year, that's you know been a smash GPP play. So... <laughs> Something to consider is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. I'm sure he'll, you know, have a big second half or something. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm all about the Tampa Bay quarterback. So I, I've just given up by now. Um, another guy that's interesting, he's really cheap. And if uh, A.J. Green returns this week is Andy Dalton, uh, 5,300. You know, not taking him in cash or anything, but he, he seems like he's too cheap. Yeah, Andy Dalton is someone who has popped in some of our models. As a reminder, this is the last week for buys. And, uh, of course, after that epic Monday night game, uh, we have a slate with no Patrick Mahomes and no Jared Goff. Uh, And then, of course, uh, because there are three games on Thanksgiving, uh, the slate is uh, still kind of typically thin the way it would be for a normal bye week. Pete, what are you thinking about with these quarterbacks? Yeah, for me, it's going to be pretty easy. I'm going to play Luck on DraftKings and Cash, and as of now, I'm going to play Jameis on FanDuel. I mean, I get the risk with Jameis, but 7,500 on FanDuel, um, I think he's obviously got a little bit of risk, but his upside in this spot is just so massive. So I'll take the savings there. Uh, there's obviously, you know, chance if it's Magic gets in the game, but uh, I, I like the the discount, 8,400 to 7,500. Uh, definitely gets you some upgrades in the main slate. So Andrew Luck, DraftKings, Jameis for me on FanDuel. And then we have a lot of pivots and tournaments. Uh, curious your guys' uh, thoughts on Lamar Jackson, who has a lot of rushing upside. Uh, Lamar Jackson on FanDuel, too. I could see an argument for him over Jameis Winston if you're really concerned at that price tag. What do you guys think about Lamar? The Ravens ran 54 runs in that game, and then they had 19 passes, and they got sacked twice. So they had uh, 75 plays. Lamar Jackson... 21, you know, pass attempts plus sacks, and then half, you know, 27 of their 54 rushes. So, I mean, his upside, if he's going to be getting, uh, you know, essentially 75% of their, of their plays is ridiculous, especially against the Raiders, who are probably at this point, I mean, neck and neck with the Bucks for the worst defense in the NFL. So, I mean, I think that if you're willing to play Jamison Cash, you, you, could, you should be willing to play Lamar and Cash too, honestly. Like, I don't think there's really much more risk playing Lamar than Jameis um, in this spot, especially against his defense. So I love, I love Lamar, especially in tournaments. I, I don't think I'm going to touch him in cash because, you know, there's still risk, but I love him in tournaments. Sean, can you talk a little bit about the projection for Lamar Jackson? Because it's – I mean, now we have a game. So we have some more more data uh, to kind of use to think about what an offense with him at the helm actually looks like. The question is, how much are you relying on that data? Last week's game went according to, you know, the way I was projecting it. Um, as soon as he was announced a starter, I ramped up his stats. And then the rest of the team, I downgraded every single receiver. Um, and we saw that, you know, John Brown is now relevant. Michael Crabtree is relevant. So, and this matchup's great for Lamar Jackson. You know, they're at home against the Raiders, 10-point favorites. You don't want him throwing the ball anyway. So, 
I wouldn't be surprised if we see another 100-yard rushing game. Um, just keep it simple. Play, you know, run the crap out of it with Gus Edwards, Alex Collins, and uh, Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, I, I think of him more as a cash play, really. I, I don't know um, if his ceiling is that high. But, yeah, nothing this, you know, past game really changed my mind because that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Where do you have his uh, rushing attempt set at, Sean? I'm curious. Uh, well, we're going to save that for the prop. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm going to gauge what you guys are thinking about him. <laughs> To, to set the final number. <laughs> okay. I, I think part of the idea is that if you are going cheaper with someone like Lamar Jackson, uh, you would have a lot of ability to roster some of the higher priced running backs. Uh, Melvin Gordon, one of those guys, he's someone who is popping in our models. Uh, some guys who are uh, cheaper, obviously also popping in our models, James White, uh, Marlon Mack, Peyton Barber is always like the, the lowest priced starter always someone who is like tempting uh how are you guys sorting through those guys or any of the other running backs uh Raybon I like Barber this week um you know he is at home he's a favorite he has that uh, that ugly yard per carry staring staring at you but he's shown that in in decent matchups he can definitely eat uh, he had 18 carries 106 yards and a touch last week against the Giants he had 19 carries, 85 yards, and a touch against the, the Bengals, another bad run defense. You know, San Francisco has been all right, but I think that Tampa Bay, especially with all these quarterback issues with the turnovers, just the incessant turnovers, whether it's Winston or Fitzpatrick, I think that they want to run the ball, um, and they he's just too cheap to me for a starting running back that's going to get goal line carries in a game where, you know, there's an over-under of 55, and, and his team is the, is the favorite. So I do like uh, – Barber on that low end of the salary scale and yeah I think Melvin Gordon is the is the smash play on the high end he's been that pretty much every week all season uh, you know even in a game that he doesn't score touchdown last week he gets over 20 DraftKings points so uh, I like Gordon on the high end and Peyton Barber on the low end. Yeah, so real quick, um, my, my most tilting moment or the most tilting thing for me last week was I was all in on Alex Collins on FanDuel and it started off so good. Um, obviously he got the touchdown and then Gus Edwards just came in there. So I, I definitely want to talk about him. I know he's the cheap running back that we need to discuss. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon for me is by far uh, my favorite option at, at the top. I think he makes a ton of sense. Uh, James Conner, it is in Denver, but I still think it's a great spot for him. After he put up a dud performance, I think people will be uh, attracted by uh, the spot that he's in in his price reduction. Uh, so those are the two guys I like. So Quan Barkley is a little concerning for me. I know he's uh, somewhat matchup proof with his involvement in the passing game, but I think Philadelphia's front seven can really dominate uh, the Giants' offensive line. So we'll see what happens there. Both, uh, I mean, the Eagles are really desperate and just got embarrassed. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm looking right now. Um, David Johnson's certainly fine, too. Um, but Melvin Gordon's a hands-down best play for me, and then you're getting to some thinner options. And I think James Conner's probably my second favorite expensive running back. I am really intrigued by a lot of these cheap running backs, though, that I, I want to get into. One quick note on on Barkley before I kick it to you, Sean. He has a chance. He probably won't get there, but he has a, a chance of actually getting a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards in the same season, which would just be ridiculous. And only two other running backs in NFL history have done that: uh, Marshall Falk and Roger Craig with the you know like awesome 1980s 49ers. So you know Barkley is doing as a rookie what like all time greats do when they are in their prime. Pretty incredible what's happening with him right now. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts with running backs? Up at the top, I'm jamming in Melvin Gordon. Love him this week. Um, and then Leonard Fournette's just a pricing tier below that. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense this week. Um, he's seen 
you know, 30 touches um, in both games that he's returned from his hand injury. So he should be close to 100%. And, you know, they want, you know, to give him a bunch of carries and keep keep the ball out of Bortles' hands. So um, I like Fournette just a little bit cheaper this week. And then on the really cheap side, I'm looking at Frank Gore. Ultimate revenge game spot. I, I'm getting word that Kenyon Drake, he's wearing a non-contact jersey today, so we'll have to monitor that. But um, if, if Drake is out, uh, you know, I think Gore's going to be super highly owned. But uh, he's a cheaper guy that uh, I've been uh, having pop in some of my models. That's interesting. I know you don't want to talk about Gus Edwards. You want to save him for the the prop section of the show. So we're, we're going to do that. But, yes, he, he is someone we definitely need to talk about. Uh, really intriguing. And I am curious what your projections say about him. Let's talk about wide receivers. Two guys who uh, are, are popping in our models uh, who are always priced highly, Odo Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, Rayvon. Do you have any thoughts on those guys? And do any other wide receivers catch your eye? Odell Antonio, man, I think that you know, I loved attacking the Eagles secondary, especially with, you know, alpha dog receivers. Antonio Brown has been amazing this year. He's scoring touchdowns left and right. But in this spot, I, I still love Odell here. You know, Antonio on the road, historically not quite as effective as he's been at home. Same, same goes for Big Ben, obviously, although it's been a little bit of lately, but they did start off really slow last week, as we saw. So I do like Odell over Antonio in this spot against Philly. And on the other side, on the cheap side, I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting guys. I, I think uh, Jarvis Landry, he's priced under 6K. That's pretty interesting to me. Um, Cortland Sutton's down at 4,400. He's, he's, he's a top three uh, projected plus minus in our models. And then you have Quincy Anunua here, and he's kind of, you know, the Jets have been not good lately. Everything's been kind of in flux, but Anun was a guy who was getting a ton of targets early. So if he, he could be a guy that really pays off at 3,700 in a game where the Jets may have to throw a little bit more. Then usually you have Stephon Gilmore on the outside. So we'll see if uh, how much they deploy Anun in the swap. They've been using Kirsten there a little bit too, but uh, I do like Anun and, uh, and Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is another guy who air yards, tournament, you just, you just need those air yards. You know, the targets aren't always going to be there, but um, I think in a tournament, he's a guy that no one's really thinking about right now. So it's, you know, those are the times I love to play Kenny Stills. Sean, Chris just mentioned Anunwa there. Uh, Josh McCown, it looks like, is going to be the starter this week for the Jets. Uh, how has he impacted your projections for the wide receivers there in New York? Not much. Two weeks ago, um, I, I bumped everybody up a little bit. Uh, he crapped out. But <laughs> I, think it, I think it helps the receivers, and we'll have to see. I, I, I don't know if Robbie Anderson's going to return, uh, but I know uh, they have some chemistry from last year. But um, you know, he's only—I think he's only played one game with the Nunois, so they, they right. just might not have that chemistry. That yeah, but yeah, I, I think overall he definitely helps boost the the pass catchers. Uh, what are your thoughts on the other wide receivers on the slate? Yeah, so up top, uh, I think Keenan Allen uh, at that price. Uh, I think having Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon on a team just helps boost your floor for cash games. Um, you don't really need to care which guy gets the yardage or touchdowns, but you know it's going to be there. Um, and then a little bit farther down, uh, Rayvon mentioned him, Cortland Sutton. Um, we've yet to see, you know, the breakout game from him yet, but it's coming, and uh, his his price is all the way down at 4400 So uh, I love him at that price. Um, the Steelers have been playing better defense, but, um, you know, Sutton is, you know, a bet on talent at that price. And, uh, you know, I'll probably have him cash NGPPs this week. Uh, any thoughts on Sutton? And then also uh, Manny Sanders is someone who is popping in some of our models. Uh, any thoughts on those two guys? 
Yeah, free rolling on Manny Sanders, uh, hashtag, hashtag team sex. Uh, the other thing that is big news, tonight I'm going to dinner with a Broncos player with my wife. We don't know which one it is. My wife is convinced it's Emmanuel Sanders. I'm really hopeful it's not. So <laughs> that is a serious life sweat for me today. Uh, but, yeah, I love the sudden call that someone I'll 100% have. I think Beckham, I'm prioritizing Beckham no matter what in my cash games. Yeah. And someone else that I haven't heard anyone talk about, Mike Evans. I mean, I know Sherman's been playing well, but uh, Mike Evans had a huge game last week. I think uh, this is a great spot for him. So I like – I think my roster construction this week is going to be a cheaper quarterback. Um, obviously, Andrew Luck I'll be paying up for on DraftKings, but then – I'm going to prioritize getting in two of these high-end receivers. I like the Keenan Allen call. I like Antonio Brown. And in the mid-tier, someone like Tyler Boyd of A.J. Green plays, I think it's a little bit of a bump. I know he's been getting a little more targets, but from an efficiency standpoint, I think A.J. Green being on the field could really help him, especially if he was limited in some fashion. So receivers I want to pay up for, and the, the cheap guy that I'll definitely have is Corlin Sutton. So that's kind of how I'm looking at rosters this week, which means I need to nail this cheap running back, which Peyton Barber is probably my favorite, but – I, I'm eager to hear uh, the opinions of Gus Edwards. The one thing that gives me a little bit of pause on Mike Evans uh, is just the splits uh, that he's had with Winston versus Fitzpatrick, but uh, still a, a really good matchup and obviously talented enough to overcome. And, and I don't know, there might be some noise in those splits too, but let's talk about the tight ends. Zach Ertz seems to be kind of like the smash guy if you want to pay up for tight end, or really the only guy that you might consider paying up for. It's just a question of whether you actually want to pay up for tight end in this spot. Uh, Chris, what are you thinking about doing with the tight end position? I'm not really a proponent of paying up for tight end. It's just the way it works. It's, it's just a, a, more, a more volatile position uh, then wide receiver, then then running back, and, and then quarterback. And then you also usually see tight ends don't quite have the upside of wide receivers either. So tight end is usually the position that I pay down for in cash and kind of prioritize paying down for. Like when I'm building lineups, I usually, you know, the way I usually kind of pick a defense and a tight end and all the guys that can fit in the in the onesie positions and and, and, and then build from there. So um, like Zach Ertz's ceiling in our draft in our models on DraftKings this week, twenty three point five. So he's the high. He has the highest ceiling among tight ends at twenty three point five. At wide receiver, the highest ceiling is thirty one point six for Odell Beckham. But I mean, you have about a dozen guys who have uh, higher ceiling projections than Ertz. So that that's usually why I do not pay for tight ends. The tight ends I like uh, on the other side of the salary spectrum, David Njoku. On an ugly position, I think you still want to consider him because he has some upside. He's popping as the number one projected plus minus on DraftKings. And I think Jack Doyle, too, uh, as well. Um, Miami is a team that I always like to target with, uh, with backs and tight ends. Their linebackers tend to struggle in coverage. So um, a lot of people will have luck in their cash game lineups. One way to leverage that, whether it's cash or GPP, is to get in Doyle, who running a lot more routes, playing a lot more snaps than Eric Ebron. I agree with Raybone on the David Njoku call. Um, I think his price has dropped uh, below 4K, so, uh, you know, I'm all in on that. But I'll probably be more willing to spend up on Ertz. It's a shame that Kittle's price so high because I do like him this week, but 
you know, just $200 cheaper than Ertz. I see no reason to take Kittle. So I'll probably have a ton of Ertz. We finally saw a letdown game from him. I don't think it was from them trying to incorporate in Golden Tate. So with the tight end position, I write about all the time in my tiers. It's a whack-a-mole position where you can't really overreact to just one or two games. Um, so, so I expect Ertz to bounce back this week. So I'll, I'll probably have quite a bit just to lock down the stability at the tight end position that, that he provides. Pete, I'm assuming that if you're looking to, uh, to pay up at wide receiver, you might be looking to pay down a little bit at tight end. But uh, what are you doing at the position? Yeah, I mean, I think Ertz is definitely in play. Uh, but I agree with the points that Rayvon made uh, in general. I think there's a higher ceiling games for uh, some of these other players at the receiver position. Uh, and I really like a lot of these guys. So unless I, I guess there's a roster construction where maybe I play like a Peyton Barber, uh, Gus Edwards, and a Melvin Gordon, and then you can fit a couple stud receivers and uh, and Ertz. But for me right now, I think Njoku stands out quite a bit. I think he's one guy that you definitely want exposure to, especially over on FanDuel where he's 5100. Uh, I still am intrigued by Jack Doyle. And the one guy we haven't talked that much about that. Uh, you know, we'll see if he can get it going here at the end is Gronk. I mean, does anyone have any love for Gronk? I mean, it's been awful this year, uh, but he's finally healthy, I think, or healthy-ish and should play. And you're getting a cheap price tag on someone who's historically scored more touchdowns than basically anyone in the position. It's a, that's a tournament-only one, obviously. Love him. I love Gronk. I, I think I love the, the Brady to Gronk stack this week because not only has Gronk been – disappointing but Brady's really been underwhelming um, at, at times this year and you know those those correlations with Gronk when Gronk's in the lineup Brady is a, a whole different quarterback statistically so um you know I, I think that's a great call Pete uh, give me all the Brady Gronk in tournaments that's interesting it leads me to the next segment because I really do not want any Gronk I mean obviously <laughs> GPP it, it's its own thing and I think Pete is right that this could be the week where people just overlook the Patriots have been on by. So they're kind of not really in people's minds anyway. They're coming off of a loss where they just got destroyed. Gronk hasn't been playing. So it, it really could be like this kind of perfect storm where Gronk has low ownership and then he's coming in healthy and he is able to produce. Yeah, Rayvon likes stills. A good start for a tournament lineup with low ownership and a lot of leverage is Brady, White, Gronk, and stills. That – that's a millionaire maker winner if you're uh, following uh, the drift that Raybon's creating right there. I, I like it. I like that. I, I think this game will just go a little bit overlooked, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people are going to pay attention to, like, whether Drake is playing so they can play Frank Gore. And, like, a lot of the other options in this game are going to go a little bit overlooked. Raybon, what is uh, – or who is a high-priced guy, maybe one oh, or two, that you would be looking uh, potentially to avoid this week? Any position. James White is a little too expensive for me at that price at, on DraftKings now that you know, more guys are healthy. Um, I think that White was a guy that I really liked to play when, when the Patriots were kind of down one or two guys and, and not quite fully, you know, fully up to speed. But with everyone back, we kind of saw White get a little bit lost in the shuffle. So uh, I think he still has a ton of upside, but um, not quite enough for me to, to play him at that price. So that's, that's the guy I'll probably be, be off of. And, uh, and Saquon as well at, at 9,100. That's just a lot. For, for him going against this front, Sean kind of hit on it. Um, we saw we did, we did see Barkley have a huge run, a huge game actually against the Eagles, and they they haven't been as good on defense against running backs as as we're accustomed to. But um, I just think that you know you don't you don't necessarily have to jam in um, the, the the highest priced guy on this slate at running back when you have you know Gordon cheaper. You know, Pete mentioned James Conner, um, David Johnson, just a lot of guys that you can kind of 
replicate that upside with. Sean, what about you? Who is a high-priced guy you will probably be looking to avoid? Uh, my pivot play is not a high-priced guy, um, but it's the Baltimore Ravens backfield. Uh, I think I'm going to fade Gus Edwards and take um, Alex Collins this week. Uh, you know, I'm still working on those projections. Something like projected carries is very subjective. There's no formula to uh, project that. So um, I have them pretty much tied right now. Um, but I'll, I'll be waiting to see, you know, where the public opinion is. And if Gus Edwards seems like he's going to be, you know, pretty high owned and people are ignoring Alex Collins, I'm just going to try to take whoever the um, lowest uh, projected ownership guy is going to be. Uh, they're essentially the same price. So um, I, I definitely want to invest in one of the running backs against the Raiders this week. Um, and I think Collins could be overlooked right now. Um, but yeah, uh, Gus Edwards, I was looking um, you know, at Rutgers, he only had one 100-yard game per season. Um, so I guess he's had his one this year in the NFL. So, um, But he's a guy that, you know, I've been tracking him ever since the preseason. If if you were preseason DeGen playing DFS, he was a guy we were taking every week because the, uh, the Ravens had the extra game with the Hall of Fame slate. So um, they, they used Gus Edwards a ton in the preseason. So he didn't come out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm interested to, to hear what you guys think on that situation because it's tough. I, I just think people are going to flock to Edwards, uh, and we could see, uh, a, you know, a game where Alex Collins gets 15 touches and a couple touchdowns. All right, Pete, uh, is there anyone high price right now that you are kind of thinking, yeah, this is someone I'm really going to stay away from? I mean, it's hard. I think the guy that I, if I, you know, push come to shove, I had to pay someone who's expensive. It'd probably be Christian McCaffrey. You know, Aaron Jones did just beat Seattle through the air, which is concerning. But this defense is played a little bit better than people think. And I definitely prefer someone like Melvin Gordon. And I think James Conner, uh, a little bit cheaper, probably makes more sense than Christian McCaffrey. But it's a struggle. I mean, I, I, that this, you know, the top end guys, uh, considering there's not a ton of them this week with the, the best offenses on by, it's hard to kind of be like, okay, I'm fading. I feel really great about fading some of these studs. So Christian McCaffrey probably at the top. Deshaun's Gus Edwards point, this is where I'm really struggling. So the reason I was so high on Alex Collins last week is we've seen uh, how effective running backs can be with running quarterbacks. I knew going in after watching a ton of Lamar Jackson playing him a ton in preseason that this guy is really just a glorified running back who really struggles to throw. Uh, his port reading defenses and his accuracy is, is marginal at best. So you knew they are going to run a ton. They're going to play good defense. And I think that's going to be the game plan for them going forward, uh, at least until – Flacco comes back if he comes back at all. So the running backs are going to get a lot of opportunity. Those zone reads uh, are really effective. Edwards is really impactful, and this is just a dream matchup. So one of the running backs is going to go off, I think. It's just a matter of figuring out who it is. Uh, and I think you're probably right for tournaments, John, trying to gauge the ownership. But Edwards looked like the better runner last week, and you still have Buck Allen back there. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Do you guys uh, – I mean, Raybon, you haven't commented too much on it. Do you have a strong lean? I've kind of been doing work on this because doing the rankings on Fantasy Pros, I'm trying to figure some of these things out. And I, I, I looked at the, the correlations for, like, what amount of sample size of games is the most predictive in terms of, like, rushing attempt market share. Um, and it's tricky, but it usually is, is at its best after about like three, three or so games for running backs. It, it stabilizes really quickly because um, obviously it's kind of, it's not just pure luck. It's also, you know, the coaching staff has a hand in that. And so 
I do lean to Edwards because just because he's kind of they they showed that they you know 17 carries for him and he and he got the 115 yards and uh, and Collins even though he had a touchdown early they went away from him and he only got uh, 18 yards so I think I could I see this situation kind of the way I see the situation happening uh, happening in Philly where uh, Joshua Adams is kind of quietly taking over that backfield. And, you know, Alex Collins has been a guy that this year, he only hit four yards per carry. And obviously that's a very noisy stat, but, um, you know, that doesn't mean coaches aren't looking at it and making decisions based on it. Um, he only hit four yards per carry in two of his games this, this season. I think it is going to lean a little bit toward Edwards. I, that, that doesn't mean, preclude Collins from having a big game because I think the Ravens will want to run the ball 40, 50 times if they can. So it's going to be hard to predict, but I, I still lean Edwards as far as, you know, who I'm projecting for more carries, who I'm projecting for more uh, upside. And I like Josh Adams, by the way, as a pivot off all of this Collins, Edwards, Frank Gore, Matt, even Peyton Barber madness. So I think Adams as a home favorite against this Giants run D without, uh, without Damon Harrison uh, is a nice little, uh, little contrarian tournament play with kind of a similar outlook to all these guys we're talking about. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of these games and games specifically that we might want to stack. The Bucks game, obviously, that's going to be some, uh, something that's popular, a uh, 55 point uh, over under. The Dolphins and Colts game, obviously, Andrew Luck is someone that uh, will be intriguing and that obviously has a high total. But then all of these other games on the slate are in the 40s. Rayvon, let's start with you. Is there one of these games in particular that kind of catches your eye that you think has a pretty decent chance of uh, producing a lot of usable fantasy points? So this is going to be surprising because it's the lowest, I think it's the lowest total on the, the, the slate, but I think everyone's going to ignore the, the Bills and Jags game. And I think that's going to create some value, especially in tournaments. You have like Sean McCoy here sitting at 4,200 on DraftKings. That's way too cheap for a guy that just got 28 carries and, and, and caught a ball against the Jets in, in a blowout. I think that you're going to see the Bills seed him again because what else are they going to really do? And uh, people, especially after James Conner kind of had this dud against Jacksonville last week, I think people are really going to be off that. But um, I, I do like uh, I, I like him in this game. And then I think Sean mentioned Leonard Fournette. Uh, on the other side, he's just been you know kind of coming back and been a, a high-usage guy, and they're going to keep feeding him. Blake Bortles only had 18 attempts last week in a game they ended up losing. So that kind of shows you where Jacksonville is at in terms of uh, their trust in Blake Bortles. And because of that, I think both of the running backs in this game, and then obviously both of the defenses, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of value on them because I don't think people are really going to want to touch them too much. So I love the correlation plays on both sides with those guys. All right, Sean, what do you got? Yeah, so I love the uh, Niners-Bucks game, of course. Um, we haven't talked about it yet, but Matt Breida could be a great play. He should be uh, fully healed from his nagging ankle injury that he's had all season. So, um, uh, you know, I love a lot of game stacks there. Uh, a sneaky one could be the uh, Browns-Bengals game. I just think there's there's a lot of stacking options there, and we also get um, instant Hugh Jackson revenge game <laughs> narratives. So I just think those defenses – um, can cave a little bit, and that could be a higher scoring game than people think. Um, so, so I'll be looking to have a few game stacks there. All right, Pete, what about you? Yeah, I think the best game for sure is this Bucks 49ers game. Uh, Goodwin was excused for personal reasons, but assuming he's fine, I definitely will have uh, some Marcus Goodwin uh, running it back. I think Kittle's in play for sure. Uh, is a great, great call. And then all the Tampa Bay guys, uh, are going to be monitoring Howard as well. But, 
that's clearly the best spot. I mean, the totals come up from 54 and a half to 55 and you can sack that game and still get in some other studs. So that, that's by far my favorite spot. Uh, I agree. I was going to bring up as a sneaky game. I think the Browns Bengals is probably the one I like most, um, especially if AJ Green plays. I think that just opens everything up and uh, there's just a lot of guys that you can go after. Uh, every other game gives me a little bit of pause. You know, a, a higher total is the Steelers Bronco game. I definitely like Cortland Sutton, but Steelers defense has been playing better and Denver might, you know, show up pretty well in this game after a, a really great win uh, against the Chargers. So that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, and yeah, the Colts Dolphins game is the next highest total after the, uh, San Francisco Buccaneers game, but who are you going to trust uh, on Miami? I know that Sean brought up uh, Frank Gore and Raybon brought up Kenny Stills. Uh, those are definitely tournament plays that you could play in, but uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in them scoring, and uh, this could be a great spot for the Colts defense and maybe a big Marlon Mack game. So uh, the other games aren't as enticing to me uh, as the San Francisco-Tampa Bay game, which will be chalky, so I need to figure out a really good pivot um, and hopefully the Cleveland Cincinnati game uh, stays low on because I, I definitely like that second best as of now. Sean, who scores more fantasy points, Goodwin or Godwin in the 49ers Bucks game? Ooh, good one. Uh, let's see. I'm going to have to go with uh, Goodwin. Although, yeah, I mean, if uh, Pete mentioned it, but if OJ Howard is out, that definitely opens up uh, targets all around and you know, with Winston under center, uh, Cameron Brake would be an interesting play. Right. If Howard's real that way, we've talked about extensively how Winston seems to favor uh, Brake more than we realize. So, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Goodwin. All right. So, for the next segment of the show, uh, normally we do the, the bold picks uh, or, or bold plays, but uh, we're going to change it up just a little bit. So, I, it, there can still be like a level of boldness associated with this because we are nothing if not bold, but uh, it can be more kind of in the realm of like your favorite, maybe non-obvious pick or something like that. To get this started off, I will lead by example. My pick is, well, it's not obvious, uh, but I'm not being bold with this either. I'm picking the Jets, not to win outright, but uh, I think to make this close the Patriots and the Jets are both coming off of a bye the Pats are favored on the road by nine and a half I think this is a close game I think the Jets cover I think the narrative with the Patriots is that uh, they are coming off of a loss they have an extra week to prepare uh, so we should look for them really to bounce back but if you look at the tools at bet labs and fantasy labs you will notice a lot of negative indicators for the Patriots especially Tom Brady as he's aged he's struggled in the second half of the season he's struggled on the road he's struggled against divisional opponents also the Pats have haven't been nearly as good against the spread when opposing coaches have had extra time to game plan against them. And that's even uh, been in situations when the Patriots have had extra time to plan. Uh, and my theory is that uh, Belichick is so knowledgeable and organized that he doesn't really need the extra time, but that the opposing coaches actually do benefit from the extra time. So this is like my favorite kind of like non-obvious bet. Like, I, I don't think the Jets will win, but it wouldn't surprise me if this came down to like a last two minutes of the game the Patriots win by a field goal type of thing. Uh, and then my my call for fantasy, uh, Jameis Winston, number one overall fantasy quarterback going against the 49ers. Just just go ahead and, and, and bury me on, on this island here. Uh, you know, so anyway, yeah, that's 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 what I'm going with. Uh, Sean, based on your reaction, I, I have a feeling that's maybe uh, the, the person you were going to go with. 
Yeah, yeah. Usually I get to go first on that, but you stole it from me. That's that's my DFS bold call is that when it's not plays... bold. We all we all wanted to take James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do you think I'm I went first? I'm gonna be on the James yeah. Island too. We're all there. It yeah. is bold say I mean saying that he's gonna play the entire game is pretty bold. So <laughs> yeah. I mean if he Can does even money that he plays the whole game, Sean. <laughs> Let me think on that one. Uh, Whatever amount you want, I'll take. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do that offline. But I, I think I definitely want to take that bet. Um, and then for real life, it's more betting advice. Um, I'm saying take the points. Um, the Falcons. I, I think it's plus thirteen, plus thirteen and a half at some shops. So this is a line where I have I have it around ten and a half. So you know, um, I mentioned it last week that the Saints are now the number one team in my power ratings. Uh, they have been ever since last week. So this, you know, this game um, should be closer to 10 and a half, 11. So um, I- I'm thinking they're they're anticipating a ton of public money on this. But, you know, you got to take the points here. And we kind of need to have um, Deion Jones return this week to have any chance of containing uh, Alvin Kamara. But I- I'm taking the plus 13 in this game. And, and it's similar to what you call on the Jets. I, I don't think the Falcons are going to win, but I think it's going to be closer uh, than people think. Uh, and just as a side note, uh, everyone can find Sean's power ratings at the Action Network uh, under, under the NFL section. Rayvon, what do you have for us? For a play, my bold call is going to be Nick Chubb finishes as the top running back this week. He has been doing something that I've kind of taken notice of, which again goes back to this rushing attempt market share. So he's been getting he, – he got 96% of the carries two games ago. And then he got 87% of the carries uh, in his last game. And this has been a trend with Cleveland pretty much all year, no matter who the coach has been. Um, They've been giving that number one running back a ton of, a ton of carries. And then on top of that, you had, you've had Chubb kind of um, start to get more and more involved in the passing game as well. And he played a season high in, in snaps in his last game. So he played, even though, you know, all this Duke Johnson kind of broke out, Chubb still got a 79% snap rate in. So I love Chubb against the Cincinnati uh, defense, which just got stampeded on uh, last week. I think that, I think that Chubb has a, a ton of upside and he's kind of in this middle tier that no one's really talking about. So like Chubb and then for my bowl call for a bet, I like the bills at home as the underdog here. Uh, you know, it's not super bold, but they are a, you know, they are a three point underdog, even though they're at, they're at home. And when you have a favorite of three or more points on a losing streak of six or more games, such as the Jaguars, they've, uh, they've only, they're only seven and 12 against the spread going back to 2003. According to Bet Labs, I think that's a, that's a, that's a trend where people are just kind of fading the bills because they're looked at as a, you know, the worst team in the league. But I think at home, they've shown that they can, they, they're not the worst team in the league. I, you know, we see it, we saw them blow out the Jets. We saw them uh, get a game against Tennessee, who's probably a little scrappier than we thought. And uh, they've covered, they covered against Houston and some teams. So I like the bills in this spot. They're coming off of the bye too. At, at home, coming off of the bye. So a, a pretty nice situation for them. Pete, what do you have for us? I have nothing. I mean, you guys stole literally everything. <laughs> I think the Bills is my, my favorite bet of the week. Uh, I like them on the money line in a big way. I think that that's a, a price, depending where you look. Um, there's some pretty big discrepancies there. I think in general, the public just still thinks the Bills are absolutely putrid, which obviously their quarterback play hasn't been good and they're not scoring points, but they play great defense at home. And I think this Jacksonville team, after that heartbreaking loss, is in big trouble. So. That's my favorite bet of the week. In terms of fantasy, I was going to say Jameis Winston, but yeah, sure, I'll stay on brand. I'll say uh, Cortland Sutton's the highest (laughs) one on the board. 
I need it bad. I haven't, this is the last week. If you guys played any best balls on draft, this is the last week for the championships. I'm looking great right now. I have 30 of 150 best ball teams in first place, which is uh, one of my, I'm really happy about. It's definitely better than my DFS results so far this year, but all those teams have like some combination of chiefs and Rams. So it's really important for these championships. If you can get through and my heaviest owned player outside of Zach Ertz is Corlin Sutton. So I need, a miracle from Corlin Sutton to have a good, uh, good finish here. Are you going to be betting his props, his player yeah. props this week? Of course. Just for, for good luck. Yeah. Anyway, the prop betting like, segment. Nothing like leverage on Cortland Sutton. He hasn't burned me at all this year. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, okay. The prop betting segment of the show. Uh, Sean, you are going to set the lines for us. Specifically, you're going to focus on players you have some uh, uncertainty about, and then we are going to help you uh, – reach some sort of consensus based on our action. Just as a side note, obviously Sean's projections powered the Fantasy Labs models as well as our props tool, which compares Sean's projections with the props at various sports books and shows which bets provide the most value. This season, the props with a bet quality of 10 are 187, 89, and 8, which is good for an outstanding hit rate of 66%. Be sure to check out the props tool at Fantasy Labs for subscribers. Uh, you are slowly creeping back towards 500. Last week, all of us were around 500 on the season. Our guests are 69 and 55. I'm 68 and 48. Pete, you are uh, 50 and 56. Uh, and odds maker is 159 and 187. Uh, Sean, what props do you have for us this week? So I'm going to start off with the toughest QB uh, projection this week, and that is Lamar Jackson's Rushing yards. Uh, I, I can't figure out how high to set it. Um, so I'm going to need you guys help on this. But right now I have his over under at 65 and a half. Over. 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 <laughs> See, I think it should be around like 80 yards. I mean, obviously there's. Think, yeah. What do you think the player props like pinnacle set for that? 72 and a half or something. Yeah. I'll probably take the under on that, but yeah, this is really there's injury risk for sure. But I mean, yeah. what else are they going to, I think they're going to continue to just do a ton of read option yeah. stuff. And I mean, just watch him when he doesn't have his first read runs every time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I got to be careful. If I, if I said his rushing projection, at like 80, he'll just like break the models. So I've been cautious, but I think throughout the week, you'll see me creeping up on that number, especially after you guys hammered 65 and a half. So yeah, going to tweak it up. One thing of note, Anthony Amico, uh, who contributes a, a couple of pieces to Action Network, uh, he posted a video where uh, it, you see every run that Lamar Jackson had. And he's actually been pretty good. And maybe this is like small sample one time thing, but like he was very good at uh, avoiding like direct contact. And you know, like maybe that is just kind of like a skill that he has. Like some quarterbacks are actually very good at not taking hard hits. Maybe that's something that he actually has in his tool bag. All right. Um, next up, Andrew Luck. How many uh, passing touchdowns will he throw for? Over, under, two and a half. Under. Yeah, I'm going under. It's just a high number. It's it's a high number. I'm I'm gonna go over just to be just to be different. But uh, <laughs> I I think the sharp side is under there. But uh, I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of respect for Miami. On the player props, if you look, I mean, two and a half touchdowns is like the highest you'll see. Yeah. Uh, that's what it was even for Goff and Mahomes. Obviously, there's a lot of juice on the over last night, but uh, a really great prop is two and a half touchdowns and like even money on both sides. So that's probably where Andrew Luck will fall, but I think the under. Uh, yeah, I, I think they'll have, up. yeah, they'll probably have like minus 130 on the under or something. But like I said, seven straight games of three touchdown passes or more. So. Uh, willing to take uh, some under bets on that next up I, I have to have a bucks qb prop every week i just have to 
So um, Jameis Winston passing yards. Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys three multiple choice options. Will will it be under two fifty and a half, between two fifty and a half, and three thirty and a half, or more than three thirty and a half? That was much higher than I thought it was going to be on, on the upper limit there. The middle bucket. The middle bucket yeah, is, my, is my bucket. That's where that's, I'm going. That's your brand. You're yeah. in the bucket. That's a I, massive amount of big right there. That's one. That's a clear stay away. I, I'm going with the lowest one. There's a chance uh, that they commit to the run a little bit more after Barber had a, uh, a good game. I think that – and I think there's a good chance that if he's not performing up to standard against this San Francisco team, that he's just going to get benched again. Yeah, so to be fair, this is the only prop I'm having any vig in. So this is a huge 33% vig for me, but uh, I'm not I'm not giving you've you guys been, any. You've been very kind with the vig. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, so if you can see, just you know, just send me the Coors Light directly. Um, I'll tell. I'll, I'll here here. I'll do this just for you because I'm bullish on Jameis Winston. I said he's gonna be the highest scoring guy. I'm probably gonna play him in cash on Fanduel. So I'll take over. So Sean's guaranteed two and one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is the bookmaker's dream right there. Yes, finally. Took me 12 weeks. Uh, Moving to running back, the guy we've all been waiting for, Gus Edwards. His rushing prop uh, has been a nightmare so far, but um, I'm probably going to be tweaking it all week. Uh, Right now, I have it at 62.5. Over. I'll I'll go over, but I think it's a pretty good line. It's definitely a good line. yeah, with him, I mean, it's it's essentially just project, uh, projected rush attempts, really. Oh, I'll go over. Yeah, the thing that makes me a little more uh, willing to go over with him as opposed to thinking that they might uh, backslide to Alex Collins is that that team specifically has a history of just, like, rotating to new backs. And then, like, I also think – and this is, like, narrative street, but, like, uh, I think, like, Harbaugh is looking for something new. You know, like, he's on the hot seat. He had success with what happened last week. I think he's just going to kind of go back to that again this week and, and hope that he continues to have success with it and it saves his job. Agreed. And that's why, if you remember from the preseason, I had Alex Collins in the frozen pond here. <laughs> yes. Because of this very situation, you're yeah. right about Harbaugh. All right. So, uh, last but not least, Saquon Barkley. Over, under 23.7 DK points. Under. Under. Oh, I gotta gotta get to my projections. Give me one sec. I am going to go over. Actually, I was a donkey. I I did this before even looking what your projections are in the models. Are, are did you uh, inflate the number I, a little bit? I tweaked it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I always of course. of course. I like the over. I I think uh, I think he uh, he gets back on the receiving uh, on the receiving train. If, and I think the Pats are going to struggle in this game, and I think that's why he gets over because he's just going to catch a lot of passes. It's a good one. Very good one. All right. So, uh, wide receiver. Flashback to our uh, preseason uh, pods where we talk about this guy nonstop. Uh, Josh Gordon receiving yards this week at the Jets. Over, under, 70 and a half. Over. I will say under just to uh, dovetail with my, my bold call. I'm, I'm laughing because I went to look at my projections and I literally have Gordon at 70 yards. So <laughs> good line by Sean. Uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll take the under. Massive Josh Gordon truther. And I, yeah. Gronk is back. So I, I think there's a, there's a chance that could be a little more spread around. So uh, next up, a uh, guy that we really haven't talked about yet, but uh, T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, we all think Andrew Luck's going to have a big game. 
certainly T.I. Hilton's going to benefit from that. I have his receiving yard projection at 73 and a half, over or under? Under. Over. Under. Under. Much higher mean than median. That, that's how I'm looking at it, too. It's like he, he gets his, uh, his average will be inflated because he gets those, um, you know, those plays like he did last week, those long touchdowns. But if he doesn't have that, he's actually been a guy who's had a bunch of these games where he has had lower yardage totals than, than we're accustomed to. So uh, I, 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 have him, uh, I have him a bit lower than, uh, than that line. Yeah. So I'm going under. Yeah, he's definitely boomer bust in that kind of Deshaun Jackson mold. But uh, I don't know, like him as a favorite at home, like that is his smash spot. So uh, I, I'll go over. All right. So uh, going back to our preseason pod, uh, Freeman and Raybon had a 10 minute debate on Keenan Allen versus AJ Green. Hopefully AJ Green returns this week or else we'll, we'll you know, squash this prop but for dk points keenan allen minus one and a half versus aj green plus one and a half yeah and i forgot who was on keenan allen was that i i I like keenan allen so freeman won that until i mean green got hurt i said like now allen's picking up steam but um i I would say i would say freeman has the edge so you were on aj green i forgot who was on which side yeah no i was on allen i was on allen Allen. so yeah freeman definitely has the advantage in like in (laughs) terms of what's happened so far until the injury until the injury, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I want to stay on AJ Green brand, but I, I can't do it. Um, I have to go with the guy who's actually healthy because um, I could see it being a situation where Green, I mean, not like a decoy, but where he just he doesn't get the the volume and isn't able to separate. So yeah, I'll go with Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with the same. I mean, I just yeah, there's no guarantees with uh, with AJG and uh, the Browns defense. Not not exactly a pushover um, either. So yeah. All right, so next up at tight end, I'm going to do something a little different. So this is about Rob Gronkowski's receiving yards. I'm going to let you guys set a line if you want, and I'll give you a 21-yard cushion over or under. Um, and if you get it within that range, you win the bet, or you can or you can make me do it. You do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll wait till the end if anybody wants to um, set their own line for this. Or if everybody just wants to gang up on me and have me. Rayvon, are you, are you in to set your own line? Nah. Oh, well, let's see what Sean's got. <laughs> okay. Let me see. You said a 21-yard cushion? Over and under. Okay. I will be bold and set a really fish line on this. 67 yards. 67. Okay, so. I would have get- set it at like 50 if I would have done it just for what it's worth. Uh, so, so Freeman gets between 88 and 46 yards. I'm going to set mine at 53. So I get between uh, 74 and 32. All right. Uh, and then um, Zach Ertz minus two DK points versus George Kittle. Ertz. Kittle. That's a good line. I am going Kittle. Yeah, going against the Buccaneers. I mean, it, it wouldn't be surprising if Kittle outscored Ertz. Like, I, I wouldn't bet on it. But, I mean, you can easily see how that happens, especially if Goodwin uh, misses time. But, I mean, I think Kittle is the number one option on that team anyway. The Buccaneers, obviously one of the worst teams in the league against tight ends. And, I mean, they are missing, like, I, don't, I can't even keep count of how many starters at this point they're missing. Um, but, you know, like missing their, their starting strong safety, missing multiple coverage linebackers. Yeah, I think I'll take the, the points with Kittle. I, for me, it also goes back to the fact that, like, if you look at Ertz's smash spots, um, they've come more in games 
where the Eagles have uh, struggled, aside from the Saints game, obviously, but they've come more so in games where, where the Eagles have struggled a bit, and I don't expect them to struggle uh, this week. So I, I think that Kittle is in a better spot to kind of, um, you know, game script-wise, I think, I think his team is less likely to kind of jump out to lead and not need to throw. All right, so going off the main slate, for the uh, last prop, Jordan Reed receiving yards at Dallas. You know, Alex Smith suffered that brutal leg injury, so it'll likely be Colt McCoy this week. Um, and Jordan Reed actually caught his touchdown when Colt McCoy was in the game, so I'm not sure if it's going to be that much of a drop-off for him. Um, but right now I have his over-under at 49.5 receiving yards. Over. Is Lee going to be out again, I assume, with that hamstring, right? Only. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the assumption right now that he's out. Yeah. All right, I'll take over. Jordan Reed truther. I'll go under. And I'm conflicted about that. I, I don't want to like the Cowboys defense, but it's it's impressing me um, more than I expected it to. So we are going to close out the show by uh, looking quickly at Sunday Night Football. We have the 4-5-1 Packers at the 5-4-1 Vikings. Vikings favored by three, a 48-point over-under. The spread is down from four and a half where it opened. It is a rematch of the epic 29-29 tie in week two. Both teams are fighting for a playoff spot. Both teams are coming off of a week 11 loss. Uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts on this game? It's funny watching the Packers because it's just become apparent that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, future Hall of Famer, Devontae Adams, absolute monster. And then everyone else is just like every other receiver is just like good, quote unquote, good because of Aaron Rodgers. Like there's really like, like we get we get excited about these guys, you know, in different weeks when they when they have good games. But in reality, it's just all Rodgers. And I think in this spot, I think Rodgers coming off that loss uh, to Seattle desperately needs this win I know Minnesota does too but I think that Rodgers shows up in prime time if you look at his uh against the spread in prime time divisional games he's 16 and 7 Cousins you know all time in prime time games 5 and 11 never against the spread never seems to show up so I like the Packers but I, I do think that this game is one where you don't want to just necessarily look at like that 29-29 game and think there's going to be a ton of points. This is a second divisional meeting. You usually see lower scoring games uh, in the, in that second meeting. That's, that's really where I'm kind of leaning. I'm leaning with the Packers uh, and not expecting quite as many points. I think Aaron Jones gets fed again, but I think the Vikings defense is, is going to be better than, than the first time these teams met. And I think it'll be a little uglier than, uh, than we might expect, but I, I like, I love Aaron Jones in this game. And I like Dalvin Cook on the other side. All right. So Chris, uh, against the spread, you're going with the Packers. Uh, one thing that is interesting more from a DFS perspective, since Mike Zimmer joined the Vikings uh, I believe in 2014 they have been the least uh, friendly home team to opposing quarterbacks both from a raw fantasy points perspective and a uh, a plus minus uh, perspective Uh, Minnesota just a a very good home team against opposing quarterbacks Uh, so Rodgers uh, although he's great uh, you know historically what has been a difficult spot Uh, and then also in the second game of the division so uh, familiarity with him Sean, thoughts on this game? Yeah, so I had this game uh, with my power ratings opening up at uh, Vikings minus four. So I'll definitely be leaning uh, Vikings minus three. I don't think I would um, take the minus three and a half. Uh, that's such a key number. I could see the Vikings winning this by exactly three. So um, the early money seems to be on the Packers. Um, so the line's going down closer to three. So I'll probably wait till Sunday. Uh, if, if I take this at all and take uh, take the points at home. Rodgers could be getting back Randall Cobb this week, but he lost Jimmy Graham. 
So, you know, I, I think that's going to negatively. You're trying to play through that broken thumb? I thought he was. It, it's Graham even a factor. Like, Graham is like the, man, these guys don't even matter anymore. Like, these, like, <laughs> like, like, none of these, like I said, like, none of, like, who caught the touchdown last week? Like, tell me his name quick. Robert Toyan. Yeah. <laughs> just, just test it. I bet, I bet like 99% of the population doesn't, doesn't have any idea who that guy is. But, um, like, I, I just think that, like, Jimmy Graham hasn't been a factor for, like, two years, honestly. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I, I thought he'd at least have a presence in, in the red zone. But you're right. I think it's just going <laughs> to be more predictable that he's going to be going uh, to Devontae Adams. So I, I just think there, there's more ways to shut Rodgers down. I, I just like the Vikings at home here, minus three. Uh, can we get some Jake Kumaro up in here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, some some preseason. Uh, Pete, what are your thoughts on this game here? Yeah, I mean, I'm just totally on board with what Sean said. I, I'm massive on the Vikings here. I think uh, four is the correct line. If you can get three, it's, it's right. Um, Vikings better team. Vikings at home. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but uh, the rest of this Green Bay team is is struggling. And I think Minnesota's better than they've shown. That Chicago team is really, really good. And it was a tough spot for them. So I think Vikings play well down the stretch, and uh, they'll be right there. The The game that I think is going to decide that division is going to be Chicago at Minnesota at the end of the season. Uh, in, in terms of looking at this game from a, against the spread perspective, I am with Sean and with Pete there. Uh, I would go with the Vikings. Ah, uh, okay. I'm on Iowa here. If Sean's making this game at four and right now the line's at three, I mean, it's not as if it's, you know, like a huge – a huge lean either way. Like, I mean, you could, you could easily see how either of these teams wins the game. That is going to do it for this special Thanksgiving combo Wednesday, Friday episode of the Action Network NFL podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod for all of our upcoming episodes. For Peter Jennings, Sean Corner, and Chris Raybon, I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. See you again next episode.